the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Every one of us has a traitor within, living right below the surface that's always there and can come out at any time. In an instant, we can betray the Lord Jesus Christ. And we can betray him with our words. We can betray him with our actions. We can betray him with our thoughts. We can betray him with a swipe of a finger. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 says, If you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. We always end up hurting those we love, no matter how hard we try to impress others. It could be at work, where we are jealous of a co-worker, or in a relationship where we may betray their trust by hurting them. We try to do our best to be nice to everyone around us, but we often end up hurting them. In today's message, Pastor Dan talks about how you can always be good to others. You may be hurtful to others at times, but with the help and guidance of the Holy Spirit, you can change your inner self. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 26 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Paul says Christ is our Passover. He's our Passover lamb. He was without spot. He was without blemish. He was perfect in all of his ways. He was without sin. And God looks for the blood of Jesus Christ applied to our sin. He looks for the blood of Jesus Christ applied to our lives. Have we applied the blood That's what he's looking for. He's not looking to see how good you are or how moral you are or how devout you are or how many times you attend church in a year. He's looking for the blood. He's looking for the blood of the the lamb, Jesus Christ. Have you applied the blood to your sins? And when he sees the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, applied to your sins, his judgment passes over you. And every year, the Jewish people celebrate the Passover, and they have this Passover dinner or Passover Seder. They still celebrate it today all over the world. And so here, that's what the disciples are preparing for. The disciples ask Jesus, where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover dinner? Verse 18, Jesus said, go into the city, that would be the city of Jerusalem, to a certain man. Now, remember, there's hundreds of thousands of people in Jerusalem at this time. But go into the city to a certain man and say to him, here's kind of like the code word, the teacher says, my time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. Now, the other gospels tell us that it was Peter and John 
that he sent into the city to prepare for the Passover. And the other gospels also tell us they will recognize this certain man because he will be carrying a pitcher of water. Now, fetching water was women's work in that time and in that culture. Men didn't fetch water from the town spring or the town well. Women did. Uh, Think of the woman at the well in John chapter 4. It was women's work in that culture, and so it would have been unusual to see a man carrying a pitcher of water. This guy would stand out in the crowd. And so Peter and John went into the city of Jerusalem. They found a guy carrying a pitcher of water, and they thought, that must be our guy, because he's the only one with a pitcher of water. And they went up to him, and they said, the teacher says, my time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. Again, the other Gospels tell us that this man had a large upper room in his home where the disciples and Jesus could enjoy the Passover meal or the Passover Seder. But imagine what the conversation was like when this guy got home and told his wife, hey, honey, while I was out getting water, I invited someone over for dinner tonight for the Passover. What? Tonight? Actually, I invited 13 people over for dinner tonight for the Passover. What? Tonight? Who? Just our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and his 12 apostles, that's all. Right? She probably never sent him to get water ever again. Right? You're just getting water. How can you mess this up? I'll do it myself for now on. Look at verse 19. And so the disciples did, as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover. Now, preparing for the Passover meal required quite a bit. There was a lot that went into preparing the Passover. Remember, Matthew is Jewish, and his gospel is written primarily to a Jewish audience, so he doesn't have to go into the details of what it means to prepare the Passover. He, he expects that the audience reading this, will know what that means. But it means that Peter and John, they went into Jerusalem, they bought all the food that was needed for the Passover Seder, they bought unleavened bread, they bought herbs and fruit and vegetables and oil and wine, and more importantly, Peter and John went to the temple to sacrifice a Passover lamb, and then they roasted the lamb over a fire. That's going to take some time. The historian Josephus tells us that at this time, over 250,000 lambs were sacrificed during the Passover at the temple. And one day, so many lambs were sacrificed that Herod the Great built a drainage system on the temple mount to drain away all the blood from the thousands of sacrifices. And the blood from the sacrifices would drain down into the Kidron Valley, into the brook of Kidron that ran through that valley next to the temple. The word Kidron means dark or murky. And it's called Kidron because the brook would turn dark with the blood of the lambs sacrificed in the temple. And the brook ran from Jerusalem down toward Bethlehem and on toward the Dead Sea. So the blood flowed through that brook from the temple down to Bethlehem of all places. Isn't that interesting? 
And during the Passover, the people, 250,000 people, would bring their lamb to the temple and the priest would slit the lamb's throat and drain out the blood and catch the blood in a bowl and then take the blood of the sacrificed lamb and pour it out at the base of the altar. And then the priest would take a long pomegranate branch that was pointed on one end and would run the pomegranate branch through the shoulders of the lamb and then take the front legs of the lamb and tie the front legs of the lamb back on the pomegranate branch. And then the priest would use that pomegranate branch to hang the lamb up so he could skin the lamb and prepare it for roasting. And after he skinned the lamb and prepared it, the priest would then take a second pomegranate branch and run it through the lamb's mouth and out the lamb's tail and then tie the back legs to that branch so that people literally crucified their lamb during the Passover. And in Jerusalem during the Passover, the streets of Jerusalem were filled with tens of thousands of people carrying crucified lambs. And then they had fire pits dug all around the city where people could take their crucified lamb and lower it into a fire pit and roast it over the fire so they could take it home and eat it. Today, the Samaritans, who live in Samaria, uh, still have a similar practice of crucifying the Passover lambs. It's not exactly the same as the Jewish people used to do in the time of Jesus. They don't do the the cross piece through the shoulders of the lamb. They just do a single pomegranate branch through the mouth and out the tail. But it's similar enough. Uh, This gives you an idea. Again, they don't do the cross piece on it. But this is how they prepare the lamb at Passover. And there's the fire pits, and they lower them down in the fire pits to roast the lambs over fire. You can go to the third picture for us. There's another example of the fire pits and the lambs, the crucified lambs. And during the Passover in Jesus' day, 250,000 lambs are sacrificed. There's tens of thousands of people in the streets of Jerusalem carrying crucified lambs through the streets. And Jesus celebrated the Passover in Jerusalem every year of his life on the earth. And he saw those crucified lambs every Passover. And I wonder, what did he think every year when he saw those crucified lambs? Knowing that one day he would be crucified and that he would be the sacrifice for the sins of the world. Look at verse 20. So when evening had come, he sat down with the 12. Now your translation might say he reclined with the 12. The word here actually does mean recline. You know the famous painting of the Last Supper by Leonardo da Vinci. That's not what the Last Supper looked like. So erase that image from your mind. They ate the Passover meal at a low table called a triclinium. A triclinium is kind of a a U-shaped table that sat low to the floor, kind of about the height of a coffee table. They would sit on the floor around the table, and they would recline at the table during the Passover. They would actually recline on their left elbow, and they would reach up for food and eat 
with their right hand. And the reason they reclined is because reclining was a symbol of their freedom. They had been slaves in Egypt, servants, and now they're free. They're no longer slaves. And so they reclined while they ate the Passover. And so Jesus is reclining around this table, enjoying the Passover meal with his disciples. In Luke's gospel, Jesus said, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. More than any other Passover, Jesus desired to eat this Passover with his disciples because at this one, he will explain the new covenant he will establish through his death. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. Verse 21, now as they were eating, so they're there enjoying the meal, enjoying the lamb and everything. And as they were eating, he said, assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. So as they're eating the meal, Jesus kind of drops this announcement on everybody at the dinner table. One of you will betray me. Now look at the response of the disciples in verse 22. And they were exceedingly sorrowful. And each one of them began to say to him, Lord, is it I? Each disciple thought it could be them that betrays Jesus. And each one of them began to say, Lord, is it I? Lord, will I be the one who betrays you? Not one of them said, well, I know it's not me. They all said, Lord, is it I? Listen, give me your attention. The disciples had a healthy mistrust of self, a healthy mistrust of self. Each disciple knew they could be the one who betrays the Lord. And listen, every one of us has a traitor within living right below the surface. That's always there and can come out at any time. And an instant we can betray the Lord Jesus Christ. And we can betray him with our words. We can betray him with our actions. We can betray him with our thoughts. We can betray him with a swipe of a finger. First Corinthians chapter 10 verse 12 says, if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. If you think I never would, he's not talking about me. If you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. Any one of us can fall. At any moment, we need to have a healthy mistrust of self. We need to be aware of our own spiritual frailty. As the Apostle Paul says, in my flesh dwells no good thing. I know that in me there's nothing good. And I know that in me is that traitor right there below the surface waiting to come out. That's why we need to stay close to Jesus and cling to him. That's why we need to be in prayer and we need to be in the word of God as much as we can. We need to live our life on a short leash with the Lord. 
where we're on the leash. The Lord's not on the leash. We're on the leash. Psalm 119 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. We need to walk circumspectly, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and walking in the Spirit. Galatians says, if we walk in the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. It's a promise from God. If we walk in the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. We will not give in to our sin nature or our sinful desires. The fruit of the Spirit includes self-control. You know, later that same night, the same night, Peter will deny that he knows Jesus. You, you know the story. He's going to deny that he knows Jesus. He's even going to melt before a young girl who just asks him, are you one of his disciples? No, I, I don't know who he is. I don't know anything about him. But on Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, Peter will stand up in front of thousands and boldly proclaim the gospel and call that crowd to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. So what changed for Peter? What changed for Peter between this night when he denies the Lord and Pentecost? Peter was born again and he was baptized with the Holy Spirit. That's what changed for him. You need to be born again if you're not. Jesus said, if you're not born again, you will not see the kingdom of heaven. You can only make it in if you're born again. And then you need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Empowered by the Holy Spirit to live the Christian life. Now notice in verse 22 that each of the disciples refer to Jesus as Lord. Lord, is it I? The word means master. Master, is it I? Judas does not call Jesus Lord. Look down at verse 25. Judas calls Jesus Rabbi. Rabbi, is it I? Rabbi means teacher. Jesus was not the Lord of Judas. He was not the master of Judas. Judas thought Jesus was a teacher, but not Lord. Verse 23, Jesus answered and said, He who dipped his hand with me in the dish will betray me. Now, John's gospel adds that Jesus dipped his bread into the dish and then handed the bread to Judas. Now, this is a significant act on the part of Jesus. By doing this, by handing the bread to Judas at the table, Jesus was honoring Judas. In that ancient culture, the host of the meal would uh, give a piece of bread dipped in a sauce like hummus or olive oil uh, to the guest of honor at the meal. It was a way of recognizing the guest of honor. Many cultures are still like that today where you go uh, in some cultures, you go to someone's house for a meal. uh, And if you're the guest of honor, they bring out the first portion to you or they give you something additional as a way of expressing that you are the guest of honor of honor at this meal. Jesus does that here by handing him the bread. He is saying that Judas is my guest of honor at this meal. Now think about this. Jesus knows that Judas is embezzling money from the ministry. He knows that Judas was planning to betray him that night and deliver him into the hands of the religious leaders to be crucified. But Jesus treats him as the guest of honor at the last supper. Later that night, in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Judas shows up with the soldiers to arrest Jesus, look down at verse 50, down at verse 50, look at what Jesus says to Judas when Judas shows up 
in the garden of Gethsemane with all these soldiers. Jesus says to Judas, friend, friend, why have you come? Jesus doesn't say, you son of perdition. Friend. The other Gospels tell us that when Judas sees Jesus, he kisses him on the cheek. And Jesus says to Judas, do you betray me with a kiss? Because you would embrace someone with a kiss, that you would embrace someone that you love. So are, are you going to betray me with a kiss? You're, you're saying that you love me while you're, while you're betraying me? Here he, he says, friend, friend, why have you come? At the dinner, he treats Judas as the guest of honor. You know, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. And when we consider how Jesus treated Judas, he's demonstrating love, love for his enemy. He's doing good to those who are betraying him. That's what it looks like to love your enemy. He goes on in verse 24 to say, the son of man indeed goes just as it is written of him. What is going to happen to me is just as what is written about me. Isaiah 53 comes to mind. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The son of man indeed goes just as it is written of him. But woe to that man by whom the son of man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born at all. That's a very sobering verse. Judas ended up in hell. And Jesus says it is better to never exist than to exist and end up in hell. And hell is a real place. It's as real as heaven. And hell is so awful that Jesus says it's better to have never existed at all than to end up in hell. So then Judas, who was betraying him, who was in the act of betraying him, answered and said, Rabbi, is it I? He doesn't say, Lord, is it I? Rabbi, is it I? And Jesus said to him, you have said it. That's a way of saying, yes, it is. Now, John's gospel tells us that at this point, the devil entered Judas. And Judas was possessed by the devil and he's devil controlled. And Jesus said to him, what you do, do quickly. And then Judas got up and he left the dinner. What you do, do quickly. So what did Jesus go, or what did Judas go to do? Well, it's not recorded for us in the Gospels, but under Roman law, Judas would need to appear before the Roman governor, Pontius Pilate, to accuse Jesus of a crime so that Pilate would send soldiers to arrest Jesus. That's what the religious leaders paid Judas 30 pieces of silver to do. And when Jesus is in Gethsemane, later in the chapter, Judas will come with a detachment of Roman troops and the temple guard to arrest Jesus, which tells us at some point here, he goes to Pontius Pilate. He makes this formal accusation of a crime against Jesus, and Pilate then sends the Roman troops 
and the chief priests send the temple guard now to arrest Jesus in Gethsemane. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Matthew, the first book in the New Testament. Pastor Dan has more to share with you next time, but if you have any questions or would like to talk to us and have any prayer requests, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at 410-491-4592. The number again is 410-491-4592. You can also get in touch with us by visiting our website. Go to calvaryec.com and look under the About tab, then click on Contact. You're welcome to submit prayer requests on our website, too. If you're interested in finding additional messages from this series, you can access those at calvaryec.com as well, under the Media tab. Have you connected with a local church? If not, we encourage you to find a church family. It will help guide and support you in your faith. If you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. Our website is a great place to find out what we believe. And you can also get to know Pastor Dan a little more. Feel free to explore and learn more at calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to gain some additional insights from this New Testament book. Pastor Dan will help bring some things to light for you right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.